This episode's about suicide. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 34. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast, is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you've figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome to another episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast. Tonight, we are looking once again at one of our, one of the songs that we, why are you laughing? <laughs> it's always tonight. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I always mess that up. <laughs> you want to try that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Welcome to another episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast, where we will be talking about the song and the episode, A Taste of Armageddon. It's our continuing series called What a Little Song's Made Of. And tonight, or this evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, whenever you may be listening, we are joined by Mike Paul Rittenhouse. I'm in the middle name, man. Noah Zane Butler. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick O'Connor. And Andrelufius Fark, which he's he's gone for a moment, so he'll be back, I'm sure. He doesn't have a middle name because his first name is so amazing, Andrelufius. Good stuff, good stuff, Chris. A taste of Armageddon. Hey, what's what, what's your name? <laughs> Noah said it's Chris. <laughs> Just Chris. Just Chris. Just Chris. Like Madonna and Cher and Prince. Yes, and Z- Zendaya, or is, is it Zendaya? It's Zendaya, right? Zendaya. Okay. See, I'm in good company. <laughs> what are we talking about tonight, you know, on this night? I told you, it's a taste of Armageddon. Oh. What is that episode about? <laughs> Do you not remember that episode? Oh, yeah, it's suicide. <laughs> Yeah, actually, uh, this this is the first, uh, this song's about suicide song. This is the first suicide series song? Yeah, of all, of all, all the Mike songs that are about suicide. Oh, uh, yeah. What, uh, no, uh, Doomsday. Oh, yeah, Doomsday. We haven't got it. after this, yeah. yeah. This song's about suicide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, look, Fark is back. We totally screwed up. We should have started this episode with me saying, this episode's about suicide. <laughs> well, you can you can cut that and paste it. Yeah, I might do that. <laughs> Welcome back, Andy. Hey, good to be back. Kelsey says so, hi. Chris was asking, "What is this episode about?" Well, they do have the suicide the, the suicide booths, right? Or no? What is that? What they're yeah, called? They're, what are they called? Yeah, they're yes. like disintegration chambers. Is what oh, they call yeah, them. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's basically it's basically the movie War Games written way, well before War Games, but with actual deaths. <laughs> so not like War Games. <laughs> and, 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 and everybody wore awesome hats. Yeah, they did. They had some pretty nice headwear. <laughs> it kind of looked like foreskin. Yeah, a little bit. This was like 
the soldiers weren't all circumcised on their heads. This is taking a dark turn. <laughs> it's, 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 it's because I'm back. <laughs> so this, the, the premise basically is that there's two planets, right? Yeah, two planets, so and instead of warring and destroying their civilization, they just voluntarily die, right? Yeah, basically they're 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 chosen. It's like a lottery. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They they they. So the Federation sent a ship to this planet fifty years ago to talk to them about uh, becoming allies, and the ship never returned. Why they waited 50 years to send another ship to investigate, I don't know. <laughs> so now the Enterprise... It's very far. It's very far. Lots of paperwork. Not to be confused <laughs> with, with the premise of Return of the Archons. Now, right. um, this ship is... Uh, or the Enterprise is on its way there, and there's this, uh, like... Is he a, a Commodore? Or something like that? 64? Um. <laughs> His his name is his name's Fox. Uh, I can't. Yeah. Re- they call him like M- Ambassador Fox or something like that, Commodore Fox. But, ambassador. Uh, yeah, ambassador Fox. Fox. He, he's like this this like really s- stuffy dude that like doesn't like the way that Kirk runs his ship because or, or because he's a diplomat and not a soldier. Mm. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, they get there and Kirk insists on beaming down first because he wants to check out the situation. And so Kirk beams down with his away team and they all get they all get kidnapped because the Enterprise is now a, a casualty in their war. Yeah. And they, they're trying to trick all of the crew to come down so that they can also capture them and make them all go into the suicide chambers because according to their society and their law, if you are a casualty in their war, you have to let them kill you. You have to report for your death. Yeah. You have to, you have, you have 24 hours to report to a disintegration station. Yeah. Which is hilarious. So of course, of course, Kirk disagrees with this and in the end decides to destroy their computer and change their, change their culture. Real Kirk Kirk did that really? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's so unlike character. Kirk. The first it's, and only time. <laughs> it's so unlike <laughs> the thing that happened two episodes ago. Should <laughs> this have also had a bridge that had the lyrics in it, or or does it not technically apply in the, the same way? I, I think that uh, we chose not to do it for this one because is it not an ancient computer? Is it's, it's, it's not an ancient oh. computer. It's more like what Andy said, like like, com- the, like a war games computer. And uh, modern computer. Modern but also, I, I think we decided since this since this song was only two songs after Return of the Archons, we didn't want to do it so soon. Well, I think tonally it was a good choice to not to it, use it, it because, work, yeah. well, I mean the song, the song is pretty long as it is. It would have been a little overly long with that in there. Plus, well, similarly to the Apple, I think that it just didn't fit the tone of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, about the episode, I did take a couple notes on this one that I wanted to uh, to share. Some things I thought were interesting or funny. There's a scene where uh, the 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 guy on the planet. Ah, uh, what's his name? 
a like non seven. A, a non seven, yeah. Yeah, He's, the dude, the, the dude with a number in his name. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> like they don't explain why he has a number as a last name. He's, Nobody else does. To to trick everyone into coming down, he calls the ship and imitates Kirk's voice. Yep. But they never explain how he does this. He's just talking, and it sounds like Kirk. <laughs> and then, and then Scotty, uh, you know, he immediately can tell that it's not Captain Kirk, and he asks the yeah. computer to analyze it, and the computer says it's like, you know, a, a ninety-eight percent or whatever, like, but it's not Captain Kirk or something like that. And like, how did that guy imitate Kirk's voice? First of all, and how could Scotty tell that it wasn't him? Like it sounded just like him, and he didn't say anything <laughs> that the, the Captain Kirk wouldn't have said. Yeah, he's like that guy from Police Academy that can make all the sounds, except he can hear everybody's Michael voice. Winslow. Yeah, Michael Winslow. <laughs> yeah, he's the Michael Winslow of Star Trek, except that he can do voices. <laughs> uh, this is also one of the episodes where that suffers from that really early Trek, where the some of the lingo is not quite right. Like Spock refers to himself as Vulcanian. Mm. Oh, that's right. I forgot and about that. They, they keep talking about the shields, but they call them screens. Yeah. It's just when you're watching it, and you, once you've seen like so much Star Trek, you're just like, those words aren't right. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't canon. Oh, Fox <laughs> also refers to Federation headquarters as Federation Central which I don't think that they've ever said in any other episode. That's right. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, this episode also features uh, Sean Kinney um, at the helm, who he's playing uh, Mr. DuPaul, but he is what everyone probably remembers him as is uh, Captain Pike from Menagerie. And really? Like, yeah, when, when you're watching it, you're like looking at him and like you can totally see it in his face. It's, it's actually kind of distracting oh. how much he looks like like pike you know i mean like the wheelchair pike right right yeah okay not the not jeffrey hunter, hunter pike. Yeah. yeah not jeffrey hunter <laughs> okay okay I was yeah, the, how, how, paralyzed <laughs> pike. how did we not know that's this? a great bit of trivia actually <laughs> yeah. and he was in a couple of episodes i think there's one other episode that he's in also at the helm you know he's at the helm, his face is all burned up. <laughs> no, no, oddly enough, even though this episode airs after Menagerie, he looks perfectly fine. Yeah. Huh. He, he'll, he, he, he healed up nicely. You got better. <laughs> you guys, it's special effects. They made it look, oh. like, he, they made it look like he wasn't all messed up. <laughs> right, they, 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 they George lucas it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, oh, uh, one thing I noticed is that uh, I thought was funny is Fox's assistant. He's just this guy that I don't even think he had any lines. He just follows nope. him around. He's wearing stooge. he's wearing Arn Darvin's suit. It's like the exact uh, same suit. Oh, it was very, it was very popular. It was a popular style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a popular style of time. Off the rack from like space Macy's. Space Macy's. <laughs> I'm glad we both did that. Yeah, the, the, the one, the one other thing uh, that I thought was really, it's like a, I think I mean I'm sure it's like a like a budget thing, like they didn't do the effect because 
they, it saved them time and money, but none of the disruptors that they use have any kind of effect. Like they just point them and then there's a sound and then like explosions happen in another place and there's like <laughs> nothing coming out of it. And like, I, I know that it's like, you know, they just didn't do it to save the time and the money, but it actually makes it kind of interesting, like that it doesn't have an effect. I thought, they're like this very special blasters. Like they, they just maybe they're like they're sonic the, disruptors. The sublimizers. Sonic disruptors. I think, yeah. There we go. They complement the screens. Confederate <laughs> central. <laughs> so, so, Mike, what, what was your inspiration for this song? I mean, where did you start knowing what the episode was about? So this this song started in in uh, around the year two thousand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this this is the first of, of several five year mission songs where I stole from myself. Uh, the 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 music for this song, the chord progression and everything, is from another kind of song that I had written like ten years earlier, and I just I really liked the the music like like the chords and stuff. So I. I reused it for this song, which I can't imagine it not being this song now. But so, uh, you know, I, I watched the episode and uh, and I, I think I knew I wanted to use that music for the episode. So I kind of had that as a base and the music itself is already a little on the dystopian side. So, uh, you know, I kind of played off of that. I knew it, it needed to be kind of a more serious song. And also Noah had uh, submitted Galileo 7 at this point. So I think this is kind of my answer to Galileo 7 because he kind of upped the game with that. Like suddenly it was like really like serious and cool and and like way more interesting than some of the stuff that, that we did on year one. And so I just wanted to kind of follow that theme so it wasn't uh, Kafka anymore. It was yeah, <laughs> Kafka esque. Uh, or, or was becoming, or was it becoming more Kafka esque? Becoming Kafka, the new documentary series on Hulu. <laughs> it's not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I decided to focus on like the tragedy of the situation that they were in where they were kind of living stuck tragedy in, what a living tragedy uh no a li <laughs> living casualty is, is what <laughs> i know um, i was just <laughs> and he was just riffing i know. continue yeah throwing uh, you off i know uh <laughs> so yeah i, I, I wanted to, to to kind of uh focus on that because you know, it was just, it was just kind of the, the situation that they were in where they were stuck in this rut for 500 years where they were just repeating daily this bombing back and forth between the, the planet next door. And, uh, you know, they were just, you know, the computer basically told them who died and, and then who had to report for, for death. And I thought that was a ridiculous thing that, that people would do <laughs> like Logan's run. Yeah, it, it actually also, is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot like Logan's run. 
It raises the question, after 500 years of killing people on a daily basis, how did they still have people? Well, what, what they said is, it, uh, like, like you know, one, one to three million people every year is, okay. is how many they killed. And so, I mean, if you think about if a planet has, like, you know, five to ten billion people living on it. Yeah. That's you know, sustainable. That's, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, that makes, makes sense, I guess. <laughs> I mean, really, if, if it's 500 years, that's only like a billion and a half people in 500 years. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot of people over time, but not that many for in the short time. You say so. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode... Mike justifies genocide. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be back with patterns of force. <laughs> genocide and Nazis. Good Lord, Mike. So, Mike, I know uh, this wasn't like one of your influencers or anything, but like after it all came together as a band, that whole the whole um intro which is actually like the chorus is you know later on but like to me sonically and energy wise like that is like so super chunk to me like that just feels like and yeah. i mean that's a lot of that's that's exactly that I, what i was trying to do with the lead part on that yeah and that's kind of what chunk is exactly what i thought of. <laughs> yeah 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 and and i that's and i and i love it i absolutely adore it <laughs> For 10 years, you've been talking about this super chunk. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Mike. Don't worry about it. We'll just have our fun. <laughs> have you seen Goonies? You remember Chunk? <laughs> uh, like, it's, it's like like Chunk with a K. Chunk! Super, yeah. It's like the mutated Chunk. It's like, it's like, like, a, it's like a sloth, chunk and sloth and, and have baby. Chunk combined, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well that was certainly not my intention um sure it was. <laughs> because i i never listened to super chunk uh yeah, though I though i, I think based on everything that i've heard from you i think i would probably like them uh but yeah. i've never really listened that's, that's, and that's ridiculous but, but i but i think like i just think it's cool that you have this thing that you came up with this like uh, i just like that evolution like you came up with something that never had never you know it was, your, it was your own thing and then like we just combine it together and just you know by combining it together it becomes this other thing um which which i feel you know you were happy with we right i mean it just it's cool it's just cool how that evolves like that i think i think my original influence for the for the chords and, and the music for the song is really more from like melancholy and the infinite sadness i mean i definitely think yeah, that you uh, got those open strings. yeah it's 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 very pumpkins i think like uh like maybe between like uh 1979 and what's that other song is it well you said you wrote it in 2000 <laughs> <laughs> uh what, what's that song is it is it tonight t tonight or something like that yeah yeah tonight tonight okay yeah <laughs> I, I think it's kind of like that was phil collins <laughs> <laughs> Good that's tonight, 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 tonight. 
that's what we were talking about. Uh, but like, I think it's kind of a, an influence of like maybe those two songs kind of combined. Um, Do you think the song Invisible Touch might be about this episode of Star Trek? <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure ahead. there's another episode of Star Trek that it would be more appropriate for. <laughs> you mean like Adonius? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can definitely hear the pumpkins influence. Yeah, I, but I, I hear the pumpkins influence that you're talking about there and there. I mean, especially when I think about the demo. Um, yeah, I totally hear that. Yeah, that this this song. I mean, between what Patrick added to it and just kind of what the whole band changed it into. I mean, it it actually sounds a bit different than my original uh idea for it or like just that just that basic chord progression that i play um i mean it's still there and it's still a big part of it but uh what what everyone else brings to it really added a lot and made it something more than than what i had and i think that's really cool the on the key part um on that breakdown the the little key run that you had me do that was something you specifically had me do. Was that something that you had thought of or just like came up with in the moment or, or what? I you, honestly remember? don't remember. Um, okay. Pro you know, probably you were playing around on the keys and I heard it and I was probably like, try that. <laughs> yeah, that could, <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. Oh, uh, so what I remember about that breakdown because it's, it's a lot, I mean, the song, a lot of the, the verse and, and breakdown, everything is a lot of just like E and A. The, a and well, e. the, the entire song is A and E. It's A and E, right. Yeah. But during that, during that breakdown, there's like, <laughs> there's a C sharp minor, right? Which not we, on which the album. We, not on the album. Oh, so we just started doing it live? Yeah. You, you and I started adding that live. It doesn't change That's what right. anybody else plays. We just right. added it because we wanted to make it something like different and special. Uh, okay. I kind of wish we had done it on the album actually, because I really like what it adds to it. I just remember really practicing it and trying to like, cause, cause I could never remember where it came in and yeah. you know, you know we, we, you'd always have to like, look at me and be like, no. And then, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't um, remember. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense there's, that it wasn't. There, there's one time, one chord in the song where Noah and I, at play a C sharp minor because we made that joke. We used to talk about how every song has to have a C sharp minor. And then uh, that, that, this one didn't, so we added it. It was the best. Best chord. <laughs> yeah, you need that, that little something extra. <laughs> is that in place of the E? Yep. Should be. I yeah, I, yeah, it's it's in the place of, of the third C or the third E on in during the breakdown, yeah. Right before the uh the last verse. How can you be so cruel? Right. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And on the recording, correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. We, we <laughs> usually try to do, you know, we usually try to play to a click to a certain degree. To, oh, yeah. Right? You decided, like, you and Andy just like, no, we're not doing a click on this. We're yeah, just going to rock. I, I think, I, 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 I can't remember. Maybe you remember this, Andy. Um, but I think we might have tried it like two or three times to the click and we kept getting off of it. 
and then- yes because it's because of that crazy chaotic bridge the part yeah that's yeah that part was throwing us off so much to a click and so well, we it decided- also then it kind of slows down when you have your um breakdown after yeah. that and yeah. it, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't have the same effect if it didn't slow down yeah right so so we just we were like turn off the click let's just try it and andy and i played it one time yep yep and it, and we nailed it on the first time as soon as we got rid of the click <laughs> and that's and, and you, can, you can feel that like you can feel that energy in the recording like it's just that there there's a difference there's a difference when it's just like comes natural and everything locks in naturally like it just has a certain certain vibe and certain feel to it in it that it comes off it comes off it's that a whole way. like c- controlled chaos is is, yep. is what i what i refer to it as yep yeah i don't think we even did a safety second take no. or anything i think we, we, <laughs> we did like... it once and it was perfect <laughs> and we just didn't even we were like all right what's next <laughs> those are the best Yep. It doesn't happen very often. Feeling no. yeah. Well, and the click track is the click. I actually like the click track because it keeps us, it keeps you from going too far, too far off. But mm-hmm. it really does take away sometimes because sometimes. It, it just, you know, if, if you're, it just depends on where you are on a given day, but it can really make your playing feel robotic. You know, yeah, yeah, and you also have a tendency to, if you find you're behind or or ahead or something, you know, you adjust. But sometimes you kind of it's so obvious that you make, you know, you're making that adjustment. Whereas if you're just doing it naturally, it tends to be a little bit smoother. Um, I mean, I'm an advocate for the click track, but I think in this instance, it worked wonderfully without it. Yeah, and it's it's always interesting with that because. I think sometimes, I mean, sometimes on an album, I feel like you, a person defaults to a slightly more slower controlled tempo than they would do live. And then sometimes live, you default to a faster, um, more energetic tempo. And so you hear the difference. You're like, oh my God, that's so fast live. Or, oh my God, that's so slow on the album. <laughs> and it's not either too fast or too slow. It's just two different modes that that you have decided to take. Um, and and it's just interesting to hear that sometimes. And I'm not saying one is good and one is bad or one is worse than the other. It's just how it is. Um, but th- sometimes I feel like there's an in-between that's hard to capture. There's an in-between that, that like what you think should be controlled on the album and what's like the energy of on stage. And you, you, you sort of want almost an in-between of that. And that's, that's hard to capture. It's the effect of the adrenaline. Yeah. It's about, it's about an 8.9% increase in tempo. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny as I, I I think that, the only just that one part of this song and arena are the only two songs we've done that that we did not do to a click um, no i take that back i i think uh givers, givers of pain, of pain and delight was not yeah yeah, yeah it's just because that song is just <laughs> chaotic <laughs> there's probably one or two other ones throughout all of our albums but yeah there's very few that we have not done to the click yeah 
Um, just which the the click, by the way, for for anybody that uh, does not know what a click track is, uh, it's basically just like uh, it's 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 just a metronome. Yeah, more commonly the, known as a metronome. Yeah, and it is the bane of my existence. <laughs> it's the bane of most drummers' existence. You're, 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 not, yes. you're not alone. I mean, they're no. like, I'm the click. <laughs> I am the click. I'm sure there's plenty of drummers who are like, yeah, playing the click's easy. I don't understand what the, you know, but, but mo no. most of the drummers that I, that I know, that's the, it is a bane. Yes. Yeah. I mean, especially after, if you're like recording multiple songs, like back to back and, uh, Oh, here you go. I was I was looking for it on my phone. Hearing this for like three hours straight. <laughs> yeah, that is to your skull, just boring into your skull. And what's funny is that it has to be like blasted in there because it's hard to hear over over my own drum playing and over top of whatever whatever like weird ghost vocal and guitar is being played. Because yeah. because when because when, whenever we record we always record the drums first, so I don't have anything to play along with except for one of these four guys uh, quietly playing guitar into my headphones and like practically whispering vocals. And if it's Mike we're talking about, Mike <laughs> will mess with me and start and start changing lyrics when I'm trying to like follow along where we are in the song, and all of a sudden he'll bust into like a verse like uh let's see I, what was I it? had a lot of inappropriate things to try and make me laugh much so i can't imagine that i, I was gonna ask andy is this is was this one of those was this the first time i did that on this song do you remember because i i feel like I, yes. I threw a few a few uh joke lyrics in Oh yeah, because because with year one, I mean, it was we were like pretty we were all of us. Were, I think we're pretty much all business when it came to like the actual recording. Yeah, like you know, get in there, get it done, everything. We started feeling a little more comfortable when it came to year two, and uh, yeah, that's all yeah, gone out the window. <laughs> yeah, but 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 of course, year, but of course, year two is also when Chris started introducing. Hey, I want to make this <laughs> giant change to this song while we're in the studio, and you have the headphones on and are all mic'd up. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the last chance to do it. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Still, that was a, I, the, the year two was the first instance of of you pulling that nonsense on me. <laughs> that, that was. That was it. Was uh, Squire that I did that, right? Squire. Yep. Yeah. That yep. was that was the first one. First yeah, of many. That was a big change too. I, I, I don't know if I'd say many, but I have done it a couple times. Well, it's but, enough to where it's a third album. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when you're playing it in the room and you're trying to figure things. I mean, some of these, some of these songs that we do, we don't play that much. You know, we just play them enough that we have them that we can play them, you know, yeah. without yeah. just like knowing well enough. So by the time when we get to recording, you know, I've heard the drums maybe 10 times, you know, mm -hmm. and they haven't really had time to settle in. You know, we haven't played them out. And so, you know, I'll be listening to, you know, we'll do practice takes and I'll listen to recordings of those. And, you know, you'll hear things that you haven't heard before. And then you come up to the point where you're, it's right before, you know, you, you're going in a record and you hear this thing and you're like, okay, 
if I don't change this, it's going to bother me forever. So we have to change it, <laughs> but it's inconvenient. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. You can certainly think, fix it in post. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I think Squire would have been difficult to fix yeah, in post. Oh, yeah, I got Part and Squire. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you can it, do anything it, with modern recording technology. <laughs> just, just know that when I do that, I'm fully aware of how, how, inconvenient and annoying it is oh i, I know if you I, do <laughs> but if i don't do it then i wouldn't be happy with what we came yeah. out with and and uh, i think it's worth it but i will concede that i have done that a couple times <laughs> her album <laughs> patrick doesn't know what he's talking who is this guy where did this guy come from so who left this guy in here when we generally, when we record like a 16 song album, we each have, when you know, we have the four songs a piece, it seems like we always have one each that we're really comfortable with that we've played live and worked out. And then like two each that we're fairly comfortable on, but maybe still coming up with a few little things. And then there's always one song each that we've barely ever played at all. We, or yeah. never played at all together. Until the end. And then we have to do it. Right. Yeah. And so they're like the last four songs are just like last minute. Let's throw this together and get it recorded. <laughs> well, yeah, because on, on, on year one, that was um, uh, Conscious, Conscious of the King. Of the King. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, I think that, and I think Conscious of the King, we had only really played together as a band like well, twice, maybe. I, before I don't even it. know if we had played it together as a band, honestly. <laughs> Not I think we really? had played it together to record it. I, I don't, yeah. maybe. I mean, maybe we did. I don't remember. I yeah. feel like that one was one that I didn't even, I mean, I barely knew it when we recorded it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and um, on year three, wasn't uh, um, the Chicago song the... Um, well, we, we practiced yeah. the, the music to that a lot. Uh, I didn't have the music all recorded. Yeah, I didn't have the words was the problem with that one. Oh, yeah, and I actually, yeah. I wrote words for you for that one, just in case you couldn't come up with something. <laughs> oh, really? I, I found those the other day. If you want to record it for like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, send, send me those words. I would like to. I would like to see that. <laughs> I, I remember that just being like the very last song on your through, like the very last song yeah. that we. Well, that it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll 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 talk about this a lot more eventually when we do an episode for that, that song. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I literally wrote those words and recorded them a couple of days before we sent the album off. Yep. Why can't Why can't I think of the name of that song? It's a piece. Of I the know. Action. I can't either. Piece, piece of the, of action, the action. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think "City on the Edge of Forever" was year, the year two. Like that was the last thing we did. And that was because I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I was having so much trouble putting that song together. <laughs> but again, we will. Cover cover that one in a future episode. Yeah, back to t back to a taste of Armageddon. Back to a taste of Armageddon. Yeah. You know, one thing I really really like about the song is that it's one of the very few songs where we do a three part harmony. You know, Mike does that lead vocal. I have kind kind of a mid range low vocal, and and Patrick's is a high vocal. And it just when we when we we don't always nail it, but when we do, it sounds so good, <laughs> and it sounds. I, I think. It's just, um, you know, one of the things that we do really well when we do it really well is is harmonizing and figuring out where those things go. And I think on this song, we just really do a good job. Um, the re I think the rec I've always been real happy with the recording and how that sounds. 
I also think it's really interesting that like in a, in a typically in a song you'll have more harmonies on a chorus than on yeah. a verse. And this one's like reverse like backwards from that yeah. where the verse has all the harmonies and then on the chorus it's just me. And I, I always yeah, thought that was uh, kind of a cool stylistic choice. Yeah. Yeah. There's just there's a lot more space in the verses to add things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I think it's really cool the way we structured that. I think it's a cool like it's I think it's a really interesting song to play. My piano part is very simple. You know, I I think that you know we deliberately did that because it just it just adds a little bit of it just adds a little something, you know, and and it was perfect for what it, what we needed and I I feel like we spent a lot of time constructing this song and making it what it is and i think mm -hmm. it really paid off yeah the, this song is also a, uh, a a casualty of the the noah butler um you, you you can't make a song be too long uh effect uh, yeah because uh, it used originally the each uh each verse the chord progression was like a you know, the full like four bars or whatever. And the choruses were a full four bars. And I ended up like, like jumping time at the end of the verse to go like right into the chorus instead of letting that chord kind of ride out because I thought Noah's going to say the song is too long. And so <laughs> I, I did that to try and like kind of shorten it. And then I really liked how it made it not like your typical song. And it kind yeah. of like, you know, kind of rushes into that chorus and uh, the same thing with that last chorus uh, originally i had a full chorus and then those last two lines that you sing with me that are different at the end and yeah. I, uh, we ended up cutting part of that chorus out because it, the ending was just too long it just kind of went on and on and on and so now it's kind of like a half chorus and then two new lines at the end that kind of tie up the story um, which I, I really like, uh, you know, more than how I originally had it. So thanks, Noah, for putting the pressure on me to shorten my song. <laughs> did I, did I give you a dirty doing. look? Was it just like one of my looks? Was it no, my like, like, looks? Yeah, I, I think you were just like... It was, it was a smolder. You, you just kind of gave me that, that Noah talk. Like, we need to do something with this. It's just, it drags on too long, man. <laughs> That'll be fine. <laughs> Not Kafka. <laughs> yeah, I, I like i like how it just kind of ends too it hits that last you know that last word and it's just done you know just yeah which like, means like you're disintegrating in the booth yeah right <laughs> as it ends it's it's a living it ends on a living casualty right yeah. yeah yeah so like you hit that living casualty and then it's over i it's very, it's very dystopian. I like it. Yeah, it just rings out. Yeah, this song has one of my favorite things that Patrick does on any of our songs, and it's that. Uh, well, it's just the whole like breakdown, and then like the crazy part after the breakdown. That that guitar lead is just really cool. <laughs> yep, <laughs> something that like thing. that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like that, Patrick. Thanks. Super chunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, we're play, whenever we're playing that and you guys are going, because my part stays the same in that 
you know, after that break and when you guys are going off into that crazy stuff, my part <laughs> stay, stay, or I guess it, that's before the break, isn't it? Um, my part stays exactly the same. And so I'm just like concentrate because, you know, Andy's going off and drumming all over the place. And I'm just like, ding dong, ding. I'm just trying to <laughs> like keep the beat. You're just over there caroling the bells. I'm, I'm, I'm clicking over there and it's just, uh, yeah. I, I, I really, I mean, I absolutely love the way it, it just tears into that part after that breakdown. Like I just yeah. love, I love the chaoticness of that. I just love how crazy that is on, on, on all parts. It's fun to do live. Like I love just like leaping up and just like ripping on that open E <laughs> and it just, you know, and I feel like I love what Patrick's doing. Just, just, you know, what, what he just did and, and Andy's just chaos. And, and actually I think like with Chris is just like, the only thing that stays normal, you know, is like what Chris is doing, you know, consistently. <laughs> yeah. like I think it's, it's just perfect. It, it's, yeah. it's a great, great part of a song. We, we actually had a discussion about that. I mean, a brief one where we were talking about what I was going to be doing in that part. And, you know, we were just like, well, let's just keep it and see what it's like. And I think it's really cool because it's, um, it's the only grounded part of the song in that section yeah, and it really works. Like I, I just really like the way. And for me, you guys are all going off, and so I want to do that <laughs> as well, and just like go crazy. But you know, having that, you know, pulling it back and just leaving it there, I, I think it. I just think it's a really nice juxtaposition to what what else is going on. Agreed. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it wasn't my idea. I don't remember where it came from, but I know it was, I know it was, uh, you know, kind of a, a group think kind of thing. Um, but it, it, it turned out real nice. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, I don't really have any stories I can think of from this playing the song live, really like anything that stands out other than it's always fun to play live, but. There is the one video from uh, Omega Music in yeah. Dayton, Ohio, that we have on our on our YouTube page, which is hilarious. And the <laughs> the the one comment that I always always love is uh, Neil Carpenter from over in England. His kids love me, and I I, I love hearing hearing them say my name because they say Andy Fuck. Um, but that, I guess I guess when it, whenever they, they they watch that video, they're like, and they dropped his stick again. Oh, silly fuck! Oh yeah, because there's that there's that uh, one part in the video where you can't even tell that you dropped the stick. Yeah. Other than other than like the the video showing, because you're so smooth right. when you grab the the stick and keep playing. Because I'm a smooth criminal. So smooth. You're a professional. That's right. Pro gear, pro attitude. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why playing that song at that particular venue and that particular show stands out. Stands out, and maybe yeah. it's just because we've we have like edited and released that video, and that should that's why it's more burned into my brain. But like, I don't think that's it. I don't know. There was something. There was something about playing that song at that venue that just <clears throat> is stuck stuck with me. Yeah, I agree. Is is that where we went to that crazy afterwards? We went to that crazy uh, 
like Thai burger place. That was that, that was beforehand. Well, we did that before. Boy, yeah. we it was like it was like an old fifties diner that they'd turned into a uh, burger slash Thai restaurant. <laughs> it was so good. The yeah. burgers were so good. So good. Oh man! Yeah, I had like I think I think I had like pad Thai, which I thought was a really weird thing to be eating in like a diner. Because, but but then again, the only the, <laughs> the only the only other place to eat within walking distance that we saw was an Arby's, and I'm not eating at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the meats. Bum bum bum. <laughs> I think that's what he meant. Yeah. People do a lot of crazy things in commercials, like eat at Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that was mainly for Noah. Yeah, I I appreciate it. Noah, this is actually a song that you recorded your own bass part on. It was, yeah, because it was a year two song. Lies. No, you know, year one and year two, it was, it was pretty, yeah, no, th- I, I love playing the, the bass line on the, this, the, playing the bass line on this song is so much fun, because it just, it drives so hard, it's easy, it's easy to play, but it just drives really hard on the, on the verses, and or I mean, on the choruses and the intros, and then the, then the, like, the verse is, like you said, is just like A and E, and so it's like, there's just it, it, it there's so many options i i can i can just play a and e and nothing else if i wanted to because it's <laughs> that easy and it's in it and it breaks down that much that you can just keep it that simple or i can do like li- little busy things you know f- you know with the a and the e and it's you know and it's like i don't think i've ever played the same thing like from one verse to the next like played it exactly the same like not that it was wrong any of the time but like i just but there's just so easy to do so easy to make variety on it yeah that i kind of just kind of make it up every time (laughs) i mean i have the same bag of tricks i just don't always do it in the same order every single time right right well you guys have pretty much already said you know it's fun to play live it has a lot of energy um the recording has an energy too but it's a little bit different um and I guess maybe because it's, you know, you're listening to it and everything was kind of recorded separately and nice and neat. It sounds less chaotic to me on the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I hear a lot less of the uh, harmonies on the recording too than when we do them live. But uh, it it definitely sounds different, whichever way you've heard it. Yeah. And I, I sort of feel like that's how it is on, on a lot of songs. Like, yes but what i don't know that everybody understands out there in the world is that like especially for me and probably for mike who do the majority of the mixing like when we're done with an album i never want to hear the song ever again (laughs) (laughs) and 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 so i don't i absolutely like don't listen to it again like after the albums were i don't listen for a long time but it comes up like i've like my whole music library is 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 like always on my phone so like on shuffle it'll come up and when when it when when a, when a recording comes up it's it's just so interesting to hear it because i i just haven't listened to it in a long time and hearing the different albums and the different ways we, we sort of produced or recorded each album and the location you know and that depends on the location of where it was recorded as well and just the differences between 
how we have been consistently playing it live for so many years and the way we recorded. And again, I didn't listen to the recording again. <laughs> I've only like, I'm only familiar with the live version of what, what we've done with it for so long. Um, it's just, it's really fascinating to then like, it comes up on shuffle and I hear it and I'm like, Oh, that's what we did with that. Huh? You know, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's really cool. That sounds really great. Man, we, we really did great on that. And the other times it's like, Oh, that's what we did with that. That's that <laughs> songs yeah. evolve, definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of the, you know, they evolve a lot after the recording comes out usually. So mm -hmm. yeah. and we don't notice because we've been, you know, changing it little by little all these years. <laughs> and you'll never notice. Oh, I'll go back. I'll listen to some of the older stuff sometimes. And I think where where's this and why is that different <laughs> because we 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 change it unconsciously uh i mean sometimes deliberately but a lot of times we make little adjustments that we just do to serve in service of the song and then yeah. we don't think about it and then it becomes part of what we do and then we realize later that it is a much bigger no, more noticeable change than we thought and then someone you know, mentions it or we just happen to hear it it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. As far as Armageddon goes, I, I really enjoy playing this song. Uh, every time we do it, it's one of those songs where you know when we play it, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Um, it just it's a good song. I like playing it. I don't forget the words from that third verse. It's even better when you forget <laughs> the words. <laughs> it's and always I, better when I, you. I look the over words. at Patrick like. What are the words? <laughs> and he's yeah. just looking at me like, I don't know. You should bring your no. cheat sheets like I did. <laughs> I think it's funny, and that's a funny point that you make that every time one of us forgets words, we look at, we look to someone who has did not write the song to see if they remember what the words are. <laughs> yeah, what's 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 hilarious about that is that, is that I have had, I've, I think I've had a. Uh, Three out of four of you. I don't. I don't think Patrick has ever done it to me before. But but Mike, you. Noah, Mike, Noah, and Chris have all turned around to me <laughs> at some point before a verse starts and go, "What's the first line?" <laughs> <laughs> miss getting new content from five-year mission you should head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission and check out our patreon page as a patron of the band you will receive access to rare and behind the scenes pictures and videos and other cool stuff you will also have early access to many things like video releases or new songs you can sign up for different levels from ensign all the way up to admiral one of the perks of being an admiral on five-year missions patreon is that you get to be a producer on this podcast Currently, our producers are Neil Carpenter, Helen Lake, Debbie Rinke, Carol Jones, Becky and Roxy, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. Your name could be on this list if you sign up as an admiral. So head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission now. That's the number five-year mission. Guess what? It's a new ad from Fansets. 
fantest.com. That's right. They got all new releases coming on this month, including the awesome Will Riker from TNG with his foot up on the chair. I mean, I really wish we could get like an animated pin so we could see him sit in the cool way. <laughs> also, from DS9, we got Esri Dax. That's right, Esri Dax, the replacement Dax. But you know, she's still awesome. And also, we got the pin mojis. Pin mojis are finally here. The entire set will be released slowly but surely. But first off, we got Mr. Spock and Jordy LaForge. And you know, pin mojis, they're pretty much exactly what they sound like. They're like little emojis, except for all your favorite Star Trek characters. So head on over to fancest.com right now. Grab some pin mojis, grab some fan danglers, because I gotta mention fan danglers every week because it's so fun to say. So, upon checkout, enter the code five year mission. That is the number five, then all caps, year mission, five year mission. You can get 10% off of your entire order when you use that discount code. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring our show each and every single episode.
cruel Why must you enforce this rule? How can you watch them all leave? So nonchalantly I think that's probably going to wrap up Taste of Armageddon. I know I didn't intro the show, but I'm going to outro the hell out of it. <laughs> this has been another another edition of What Are Little Songs Made Of. Tune in next time. We'll have some more for you. Uh, if not, go back through the back catalog. See, see what you've missed. Remember, we also have a regular podcast, which I'm listening to this. You're listening to it. Make sure to listen to all the other shows on the Trek Geeks Network family of podcasts as well. Until then... I'm Andy Fark. Those are those other guys. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fiverr Mission Podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five Year Mission, the podcast is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.